on television. Like I said earlier, we'll be discussing embracing digital economy to power economic growth in Nigeria. Welcome. Okay, first of all, this is a sector that has gotten around $11 trillion globally. How can Nigeria tap into this potential? Yeah, so absolutely the foundation has been laid for digital economy globally. And um, Africa, Nigeria has no choice mm. but then to embrace that, to be able to expand the shrinking economy and create opportunities either for job and or for uh, new product development. I see this on the heels of the fact that the prevailing pandemic actually has provided a platform to leapfrog um, or accelerate adoption of the digital economy. Um, from March, when lockdowns uh, started um, being pronounced around the world, exactly. what you saw was that um, tech companies, which were already making profit, saw their books in terms of revenues skyrocket. And you saw some kind of phenomenon that had never existed before begin to happen. Why? Because people were trapped in indoors. Um, they couldn't go on routine, physical, physical activities. Exactly. And so they had to take to virtual engagements, whether you talk about e-commerce, whether you talk about work meetings, whether you talk about uh, engagements for all kinds of uh, development needs. You saw in one day, um, in one month, 400 million people, for instance, used Zoom. And that was in April. Exactly. At the same time, compare that with... Um, Teams, Microsoft Teams, which had moved from last year's performance of 20 million users to 75 million users in one month. Now, and that has sustained. And what you hear, the parlance people talk about today has become the new normal. Oh, the new, has the really been that even where I, the work I do also has meant that within the last one year, uh, we have had to have see a jump. Yes. in uh, the sort of virtual engagements we have. These days, it's no longer strange to anybody when you say, okay, let's have a meeting. Uh, so the options are, are we doing physical or virtual? Virtual is always like uh, the first point of call. Yes, exactly. And it's easy. So the pandemic has really taught us lessons in life, but it has opened vistas of opportunity, particularly in the digital economy. I mean, for some of us, I don't want to talk how a lot of people lost families and friends. Uh, the pandemic is still raging. It's... it's its problems, but these techs, this this uh, ICT companies and tech companies that took advantage of the potentials in the ICT, especially during the pandemic. Would you say Nigerian tech companies did same in, in that respect? Yeah. So, um, because of the absence of infrastructure, because we're not strong on the ID front, what this has done to Nigeria is that it has simply thrown the doors open to say, look, this is where the world is going. Exactly. This is what we all need to do. And it's interesting that I need to give government credit on this. There's a policy on digital economy created by the Ministry of Communication and Digital Economy, exactly. which lays the foundational framework mm. as a roadmap to move the rest of the country towards embracing the digital economy. Now, you would also see one of the first things that is an activity happening around now is the linkage of your SIM card to the national identity number, which has become, of course, it has been there for a year, but it was in the pipeline. Nobody was trumping okay. it. In the last few weeks, you have seen the, the government trump that, give deadlines, and so you see people jumping all over the place, you know, to, to say, sure okay, to link 
the NIN, for instance, which would have been the foundation of database for the country for us to throw in all other functional uh, uses. Whether you want to do your national, international passport, your NIN provides the bedrock for that to happen. If you want to do your driver's license, your NIN provides the bedrock for that to happen. In other clients, they call it social security number. Exactly. The, the United States calls it social security number. India has done this with ADVAC. They have created, they, they have been able to bring on board over 1.3 billion citizens on their foundational identity. Nigeria needs to get that right. And now, I'm excited about the fact that we have a minister who is like a round peg in a round hole. Who he's, he's, he knows the right thing to do. Mm. He's a professional. He's passionate about this. He's young. He's energetic. He's innovative. So he's driving every other person who has who has been standing and creating bottlenecks to move in a direction where Nigeria will be in the right position to be able to provide um, digital services that can expand the economy. And whether you look at it from, look, in the last one year, companies, the tech, leading tech companies in the world have you know, been able to see their books shoot up into very high numbers. Amazon you know, has improved their uh, cap, added their market capitalization by over $400 billion. Um, same thing with Microsoft, over $270 billion. This is not monies, these are monies that Nigerian governments or African governments, when they talk about budgets, they can only dream of. So it only goes to tell you that, look, if the infrastructure is right, if um, the human resource development is right, then we're able to, we're going to be able to create the opportunities that can allow people to create solutions mm. and then, and then uh, provide the needed connectivity that people can be able to move from one point to another virtually, connect from one point to another virtually, and provide reasonable uh, livelihoods. But within the same period, what role did Nigeria play in terms of economics? We saw a high point of it for the digital economy was so a high point where Paystack was bought over by Stripe for $200 million. Dollars. That's a lot. Of, that's over 90 billion naira. You know, for a company that's a startup of only five years, that is remarkable. And it provides a point of reference in Nigeria that, yes, it's a social proof that this is doable. It can be done mm. by Nigerians in Nigeria without them having to be in Silicon Valley. Well, you are an SME man. I mean, you keep talking about the potentials in the SME sector and what it can do for our economy. Let's talk about the ICT sector and the SME. And when I say SME, I mean the, ma the lady selling Akara by the street. I mean those small businesses that are already struggling to survive, especially with our peculiarities of connectivity problems and data cost. So you, you need to appreciate the fact, Joy, and that's a very strong point you raised. You need to appreciate the fact that over 90% of SMEs, MSMEs in Nigeria operate in the informal sector. True. As a result, they are, they are digitally excluded. So the woman at Selena Kara that you referenced, mm. so she's at a spot, and it has been like that for over 100 years. She sits by the fire, and everyone has to move to that point to buy a car, whether it is your rush hour of going to work or you're going to have to cut your man, uh, work man hours and go to that location to be able to. So for within the same period that we're talking about, there's a pizza experience in the United States of America that pizza has been delivered door to door. What's the, 
what what's the digital economy uh, that can be created around a woman making akara so you're going to have some ingenious tech savvy guys mm. develop an application that connects and aggregates all the akara in the abuja uh, municipal for instance yes. that say this guys make akara and they have all kinds of recipes or flavors and all of that so they are on this platform now because we're rushing to come to the studio here to do this show i didn't even have breakfast you know so but I could order, the, go on the phone and order a car. So by the time we're done here with this show, you know, there's a dispatch rider here, you know, with my car. And so I, I just take it to the office and I, I kill that off. How, how cool is that? So it, by simply doing that, you have created more market for the Akara woman. So she is now reaching an audience beyond her locality. You have also created job opportunity for the logistics or the dispatch rider mm. who is taking a car from the maker and distributing it around town. You've also created job for the guys that have developed the e-commerce platform and are managing and maintaining it to ensure there is connectivity between the seller and the buyer. And tell the odds, you can connect this with every other um, micro-enterprise sector, whether it is food, it is services, it is um, agriculture, Whatever sector you think about, this is doable, this is possible, and this is a route Nigeria must go to be able to create jobs. So this telecommunication infrastructure that we often see vandalized, how is that going to help our future prospects when it comes to Nigeria? Taking a bite from that global $11 trillion that we see online and in headlines. So, so uh, deepening of the Nigeria infrastructure really would have to, first of all, deal with issues of bureaucratic bottlenecks. You need, straight away, massive inf investment into yeah. infrastructure development. For that to happen, what the Ministry of Communication and Digital Economy has started doing is the right path to go. Policy development. Once the right policy framework is in place, it creates a roadmap that can attract investors to say, look, I can do my financial projections if I put in $1 billion in infrastructure development, talk about fiber optics, cabling, mm -hmm. and all of that. I know that this is going to be the amount of attraction of usage that will come on this platform or this infrastructure. And this will be able to trigger such kind of pro projected revenues. So you have a clear roadmap that shows that if investors come and put in funds into digital economy infrastructure, then it means that over time, and it should be clear, in 10 years, in 20 years, in 30 years, they're going to recoup their funds back and they're going to continue making markup. Therefore, you know, uh, that's what investors want to look to see. And I am I'm confident by the fact that this minister... Uh, Alhaji Ali Pantami, the Minister of Communications, okay. has seen this very clearly and is pushing, and you can see him literally pushing to see that this uh, path is paved and created very, because this is where jobs, the new jobs would have to be created. True. So now, one of the, the, the ministry's mandates when it comes to digital economy, driving mm. this digital economy for Nigeria, is regulation of that sector. And you know when Nigerians hear regulation, we, we shiver a bit. What does it mean for that, that uh, uh, ministry? So, 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 so regulation does um, a couple of things. I've, I've just put two on the table. One, it gives confidence to the investors mm. that there is sanity in the sector. It means that you're not going to have someone jump off tomorrow and do policy somersault 
on top of investors' funds, you know, and then getting people to lose huge, you know, uh, investments as a result. Two, it gives confidence on the side of the user who knows that, okay, if I'm paying for these services, these are the terms and conditions that exist for usage, and it means that I'm going to get value for my money. You know, so that brings the connection between demand and supply, thereby creating a robust economy. So, yes, I'm very strong for regulation. We don't have it. We don't have enough of it. We need, you know, even to create massive orientation for our legislatures. Okay. The work that the Ministry of Communication is doing, I will also add to that part of um, what they will need to also be strong on is capacity building for our public servants the legislators who would all better understand where we need to go strategically become part of the process of, one, acquiring knowledge, two, utilizing that knowledge to develop enabling laws that to, would create an, uh, a healthy digital economy environment for investors to come in, mm-hmm. putting their phones in the needed infrastructure, and then for you know small players to also come in and ideate, innovate, create solutions that can be utilized on such platforms. Now, talking about those small players, they often have that the digital startup is always a problem because a lot of investors do not really understand it very well and so would not want to put their money. But is this that point where the private sector comes in to say, let us fund these uh, startups to ensure that there's a robust growth in this sector? So, so the opportunities for digital adoption are massive. Look, the Nigerian Youth Chamber of Commerce, for instance, whether you talk about education, and whether it's the conventional classroom education or the ongoing professional development education, the Nigerian Chamber of Commerce uh, was training uh, in class SMEs on uh, entrepreneurship skills. But once the pandemic hit and lockdowns ensued, what we did was simple go develop an online learning management system, NYCC Academy. And I tell you, within the last eight months, over 5,000 people have utilize that platform to acquire requisite uh, entrepreneurship skills that improve their, 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 their business operations mm-hmm. and to give them access to opportunities, including funds. Two, there is a big question of financial exclu- exclusion all over the world. Financial inclusion is driven by digital, digitalization. Okay. Now, because what it simply does is it crashes costs and overheads of operations. And then, you know, allows adoption at the base of the economic pyramid, which is usually, is a sector that is usually scared of cost. You know, so they make decisions primarily based on cost. There's a reason why you have over 39.1 million Nigerian adults not having bank accounts. It's simply expensive for them to do. So... But you can see also that the central bank has been doing a lot in that area to open up the space, whether it is with mobile money operators, mobile uh, payment solutions, all kinds of stuff. And I tell you too, the Nigerian Youth Chamber of Commerce, on behalf of the youth of Nigeria, have also keyed into the financial inclusion uh, movement to ensure that we expand financial inclusion to millions of youths that are disenfranchised or excluded or under, you know, uh, accessed. So we've created a digital assistance solution that allows young people to save money, leverage their savings uh, through the self-help uh, platform, and then access credit, access micro-insurance, access micro-pensions, you know, access mortgage, and perhaps also access leasing. 
This digital esoso, is it like the esoso that we often know where market women contribute um, quarterly or monthly? In fact, weekly. Some I see daily as well. Is it that kind of platform? Absolutely. That's what it is. So uh, because these populations are financially excluded, they provide self-help solutions to themselves. Traditionally, over 100 years, you've had Isusu at Dashi operations in Yoruba. They call it that joke. People, you know, within clusters of communities, saving, contributing monies and saving together. They use mm. those pool of funds to help themselves. They borrow off those funds and they do all of that stuff. We had to review and research that. And it was, there were all kinds of challenges that were faced, where from security of those funds to the challenge of having uh, people who were outsmarting the savers. Mm-hmm. And you had goods operators being localized and not being able to scale their services. So by digitizing that operation, what we simply have made is we made it scalable, we made it available nationwide, and we've given it institutional backing. The Central Bank of Nigeria is superintending over that, wow. has you know endorsed it. It simply means that you know access to value-added services with financial inclusion components that have before now not been available to the base of economic pyramids suddenly become available to them. So with your savings now, you can leverage that and access credit up to five times what you have saved. We have partnered with Ellen, Niger- uh, uh, Equipment Leasing Association of Nigeria, for instance, okay. to leverage that to now bring ease of leasing equipment to small business operators. I've spoken to thousands. Is it thousands. a mortgage plan where you pay? Absolutely. I've spoken yeah. with thousands of SME operators all over the country. One of the big problems they have is access to capital, access to equipment. Now, because it's risky, and I'm saying this, it's a fact. It's risky to lend to small businesses. So this platform now begins to de-risk the small enterprises and give them access to the opportunities that can fuel their growth. Right. So this is also digital economy. Absolutely. And so the room and the opportunity is open for more people to come in place. We need mm. more payment are getting, systems. Are you getting trust? Are people trusting the system considering, I mean, Nigerians are used to, okay, I come get it physically. Uh, are you getting that trust from so the beautiful thing, when it comes to digital? The, the beautiful digital. thing, the beautiful thing is that digital economy and digital mm. solutions are never going to be a magic wand. Right. Because of where we are, we're going to have to move gradually to be able to engender adoption. And so the beautiful thing about the Chamber, for instance, is that it's a business membership organization that is at the grassroots with those small businesses. On a daily basis, we engage with them in clusters of the sectors they operate. So we, we know their problems. We know their solutions. We discuss their solutions with them. We agree on those solutions. And this is different from having legacy companies that are capitalist oriented coming in and providing a dragnet solution, which is usually not the best for mm. small businesses. So small businesses have unique solution uh, problems, and then we are there listening with them to them as business development service providers. We are able to also provide innovative solutions that help them to solve their prevailing problems. I'm forced to ask, not um, to to make you uncomfortable, but I mean I know you have this passion to help. Uh, boost the SME sector, but what's in it for you when you do these trainings? I mean, for the, the chamber, the Nigerian Youth Chamber of Commerce, what is in it for you to do these trainings to ensure that there's this digital SUSU and all that you do to boost this um, sector? Oh, perfectly. So, uh, it's interesting that we have a solid um, professional business uh, team behind us that helps to create, to say, look, 
there's a cost for everything. And so absolutely there's no free lunch for anybody. They say not even in Freetown, all right? But the smart thing you can do is by leveraging technology, you are able to first cut off the chunk of the cost. Secondly, defray the cost. I give an example. Leasing. Lessors find it difficult to lease to individual SMEs because of a risk threshold, often over 65%. By de-risking them on digital assets, what we have helped them to do is, one, spread the cost of purchasing an equipment over a year, two years, a longer period of time. So if an equipment is a million bucks, you're finding it very difficult to find an SME. You're expecting. Status, the status quo is that SMEs have to dip in their pocket and bring out one millionaire to procure an equipment they need. Nobody does business like that anywhere in the world and becomes successful. Dangosi doesn't do that. You know? So but why is it that our SMEs are disadvantaged? It's because there are no innovative tech solutions to help them to provide, bridge the KYC gaps to de-risk them and make them attractive to investors. Okay. Right. So by the solutions we're providing, we de-risk the SMEs, we help them to defray costs, to spread their cost thing, be, you know, to be uh, relevant to how their cash flow reflects. So that way they're able to stay in business, small payouts, mm. servicing and financing their leasing, for instance, or servicing and financing their credits, for instance. What I'm saying in a nutshell is this. It is smart to see from, you know, what many people have done and what we are doing that, look, the adoption of the digital economy, technology, smart technology, mm. can be able to reduce infrastructure costs. When you're starting a business to provide a service, you're going to first think about, oh, I built a massive office. I'll set up massive uh, facilities or employ people, they get to sit down. That's huge cost. When people come to offtake your service, they're the ones that pay for that. Of course. Eventually. Now, by, by adoption of digital solutions, one, you scale very quickly, hmm. you, you spread your cost very thin. So the people who are coming to offtake your services, there's no much pressure. There's no much burden on them. Exactly. So, but then, what you do with that is that there's going to be huge adoption as a result of crashing cost, which essentially goes to speak to the books. True. You know, so you talk about turnover, and that becomes a very exciting experience. I met a guy, for instance, in um, Kaduna, who has developed an application that measures the level of ammonia in the feces of poultry uh, birds. That's a big deal for people who do who are poultry farmers. It's wow. one of the things that causes, you know, disease, epidemics to poultry farmers and makes them to incur huge losses. Losses. Now, with this, on a daily basis, with this application, you are able to track no, exactly. the health of your birds at the slightest shift from the normal. To what is you there? will it's be going. able to call in experts exactly. to prevent, you know, or nip the problem at the board and protect your investment. This, 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 these are solutions that we need to open the space and allow them to play in. What must governments do? And it's not only the federal government. You need 
I'm asking, I will think straight away, the Federal Ministry of Youth Development should convert all their youth centers across the country into innovation hubs. Outsource them out to private investors with a clear mandate that, look, aggregate young people in those locations, mm -hmm. give them opportunities to ideate, innovate, and create technology solutions that are unique to our problems. The state governments should do the same thing, set up innovation hubs, now, we need to also be very strong on digital economy education. In the schools, we want to begin to expose young people who are in primary school and in secondary school to digital skills. Exactly. We need to overhaul our curriculum. I have kids that are under 10, and they're already coding in my house. Nobody teaches them, if they go to school, their teachers waste their time teaching them about what is a computer. What is a com These kids have gone past that leaps and bounds because of their exposure to their parents' phones, smartphones, that for those who are privileged are able to buy their kids' laptops. And they experiment. We need to understand where we are in, terms, in the context of the world and open up, shake up our legacy systems, right. and create new ones so that our young people can get the right education that makes them to be globally competitive. Otherwise, the kind of education we have, which is memory-oriented, it helps or teaches you how to memorize stuff. When you leave even the university in Nigeria here, you can't compete anywhere in the world. It's very clear. Now, for those people who are out of school and probably have left school mm. and have moved on, you, you want to be talking about ongoing soft skills, ongoing exposure to soft skills education. Very important. And this is going to, you know, I, I would make reference to the public, the civil service. Right. All our civil servants needs, the, 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 the civil service um, commission needs to create a deliberate policy of ongoing soft skills development for civil servants. There's no question about that. Now, because if you have a robust private sector that has adopted digital economy and wants to push, you're going to have problems when they interface with civil service and they get experienced bureaucratic bottlenecks. Because, because they do not understand. Because they do not understand where they're going to. Okay, we'll go on a very short break. When we return, we'll continue the conversation and open phone lines so that everybody at home can have an opportunity to give us questions and uh, maybe make comments or suggestions. Stay with us. Okay, we'll talk about uh, the digital SOS. I mean, there are very many components of the SMEs. Mm. Do you, when it comes to those uh, equipment, leasing that mm -hmm, you talked about, mm -hmm. why am I asking you the question? No, uh, you want to shape the show and give it perspective. Yes, so do you have to go all the manufacturers of this equipment for that Number, please, so immediately we come. 
very many thanks for staying with the roundtable here on ASO Radio and Television. We've been discussing embracing digital economy to power economic growth in Nigeria. So you were talking about the digital SOSO that you're talking. First of all, was did it come about because of the COVID-19 realities that we now find? So it, it will interest you that um, there's a member of the chamber, a young man, who was saving with the traditional SOSO, um, and his goal was to buy an equipment. But after one year, he pulled off his phones, 500,000 naira, and wanted to buy the equipment, it was 800,000 naira, meaning he had a shortfall of 300,000 naira. Now, his experience was such that the SUSU operators could not give him a loan of 300,000 naira. You can't even talk about the banks giving him a loan because he had no history with them. So he was stranded. Mm. Now, Abba did the only thing that was available to him, which was you know, depositing the money with the equipment dealer mm. under the guise that he will walk a few more months, come back and procure the equipment, take ownership of the equipment. But as soon as he went back to his, his shop, his boss learned about the deal and the guy fired him. Of course, bad for all reasons, but then he was fighting competition. Now, Abba is stranded. Because until he no longer has that. He has no source of revenue. Now, until his parents stepped in and helped him, provided those funds, he was able to save the D and take ownership of that equipment. Ever since, he had been operating on the fringes. I personally had had to bail out Abba three times to keep him afloat and keep his business running. I asked this question. How many young people do you think are like um, Abba in Nigeria? Several, actually. There are in millions. That was what prompted the Nigerian Youth Chamber of Commerce to say this has to stop. And so the solution of digitizing digital Asusu came about. Yeah, so digitizing Isusu came about under the auspices of digital Asusu. We took that to the central bank. It was adopted, endorsed, and then the central bank has been, you know, guiding the process of growth and development. This was before the, the pandemic. Mm. As a matter of fact, this was supposed to go to the market the week that the, uh, the lockdown was announced. Wow. You know, and then we, we, we stepped back again to continue to expand institutional adoption. Mm. And the good news is that National Insurance Commission has endorsed digital Asusu. And at the moment, we're working with them to onboard um, insurance service providers to be able to drive micro-insurance penetration in the informal sector. Pencom has also adopted this, and we're working with them to drive the penetration of micro-pensions okay. in the informal sector. Tell you what, the informal sector operators are at today when they tire out or retire from active uh, business operations, where do they go to? They have nothing to fall back on. There's no mm. pension savings for them. Oh, even, though yes. even though there's a micro-pension savings uh, scheme that is existing, they have been excluded. Now, this is bringing it closer to them to ensure that, okay, they participate in this. And we're talking mortgage. You will see recently the federal government talks about 300,000 family homes you know, through a mortgage program. We looked at all of that. Part of the big challenge for mortgage, for informal sector operators accessing mortgage has been the challenge of uh, the down payment of 30%. So, but digital also allows them to save up that cash, mm. you know, and then use it down the line to be able to uh, access mortgage and continue to save and pay out. Okay, so you were also talking about the equipment leasing yeah. where the where the Nigerian Youth Chamber of Commerce kind of plays an intermediary role between those manufacturers and those SMEs and um, 
So, so I give you the experience of ABBA, mm -hmm. for instance. But my question, my question is, I mean, there are very many components of that make up the SMEs. There are mm. several businesses. Mm -hmm. do, do you liaise with all these sectors to ensure that you have a good relationship with manufacturers of, say, sewing machines, manufacturers of several other uh, businesses? Abso absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm going to answer this in two ways. First right. of all, let's look at the story of ABBA, the printer guy. Mm. So... With the solution we have, ABBA doesn't need to save money 100% to buy a printing equipment and set up shop. Right. So ABBA is going to save, you know, within three months of his savings. He would have been able to now leverage his savings to access an equipment. Because ABBA has been profiled from day one. He's a printer. His goals are clear. He wants a printing machine, a printing equipment. You know, so because we are partnering with the central umbrella body of lessors in Nigeria. They're giving us access to all the lessors across the country in the various sectors of the economy. So we have lessors who has, whose specific interest is providing lease for printing equipment. Mm. And we just connect him, connect ABBA with them. It would have been difficult for them to deal with ABBA because of the risk factors. But now ABBA has been de-risked on digital asusu, so it's easy for him to access printing equipment and pay over time okay. because once he takes operations takes equipment and begins operations he is saving on a daily basis um, the burden of payment when the cycles of repayment call is no longer on him because he has cash to augment his payment, payment exactly. it's as easy as that but what are you going to do differently to ensure that abba doesn't need that saving that you kept saving him like you said you did that three times and that represents a lot of uh, startups what are you going to do differently ABBA has gotten this equipment eventually. Why mm. is he still struggling? Okay, so, so the big uh, thing about that is that he got the equipment, he didn't get operational cash. Because so he had exhausted he, everything. He exhausted everything, 100% I'm putting there. Without cash, any business dies. Right. When cash gets to zero, business is dead. It doesn't matter the amount of assets you have. Mm. You know, so that was the experience of ABBA. So he was operating on the fringes. As I speak with you, I've told him to stop. So he has put a stop on his business. He's sold off. Uh, his generator. So we're working on selling his uh, his printing equipment so that we'll start afresh on a good footing so that he can run this business more efficiently and generate profit. Okay, let me quickly open phone lines. I'm sure a lot of people would like to contribute to the conversation. The number to call is 90 8127. Okay, now let's talk about these startups. I mean, you have spoken about the NYCC, and I mean, you're a big co uh, organization, so I should expect when you churn out something in the digital economy space, it would go far. Like you said, you went virtually to ensure that you continued your trainings and all, but I'm talking digital startups. I mean, those young men with innovative ideas to create softwares and applications. Is there a startup plan for them? But before you answer that, we have a caller. Hello. Hello, good morning. Okay, we lost that call. To please endeavor to call the right number, and when you do, please um, turn down the volume of your radio set or move away from your radio or television set. The number again to call is 09057-408127. Seven. Okay, we have another caller. Hello. Hello, good morning. Yes. 
morning. What's your name and where are you calling us from? Okay, we lost that call. 09057-408127. So, what is there for these young, young startups? So, um, straight on the table right now, the, National, the Nigerian Youth Investment Fund mm -hmm. is available. Um, $75 billion has been marked for that. We, if, if you're a young person you have not applied for that, please go and apply because that fund is giving you from 250000 naira up to $3 million. Naira. That's good enough to kickstart anything exactly. and then grow from there. So the, we are, that's not enough by any means. Mm. And so we are also saying that as we move forward and we're talking about the digital economy, we need to create uh, need stuff, for instance. Okay, you might have to hold on. We have another caller. Hello. Good morning. What's your name and where are you calling us from? Okay, Bala from Kubwa, go ahead. Please, you might have to move away from your radio or television set. We can't hear you clearly. Bala, can you hear us? Hello. I think I heard what he said. Okay. He's asking about uh, how do they access it, how long does it, uh, how, how the tenor of a loan and all of those variables. So, um, Bala, this is very simple. Um, go on the NISA portal. Just Google NISA. Go on the NISA portal. Uh, once you open the portal, you'll see all the products they have. One of it is the National Youth Investment Fund. Click on it and apply. Once you click on it, the first thing it's asking for from you is your BVN. So it wants to, they've been able to connect that data, their database with the BVN to say that, okay, you are between 18 and 35. If you're right. outside that age bracket, it doesn't give you access to continue with the application. But if you are within the access, uh, that age that bracket, you proceed. Now, if you have also received other uh, intervention funds from NISAL, mm. microfinance bank, like um, the COVID fund, or the Axmas fund, you cannot also apply for this. Um, you are excluded from application, even if you are within age 18 and 35. Okay. Now, once you apply... Welcome, um, I'll have to pick this call before you continue. Hello. Okay, unfortunately, we lost the call. So once you apply, you're in the database. I'm sorry, again, That's right. we have to pick this. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. What's your name and where are you calling us from? Oh, Dino, go ahead. Okay, Dino from Magushi, go ahead. What's your contribution?
Okay, okay, thank you, thank you, Dean. Thank you, Dino. Yes. So that's a great question um, Dino has asked, and I think that's buttressing the question you exactly. asked as well. Digital what, startups. What for are the opportunities people? for digital startups for young people? So we have said this very clearly. Like, look, Federal Ministry of Youth Development, mm. first of all, we, if we look at infrastructure, we look at cost and all that stuff, there are already existing youth centers across Nigeria. Let us earmark them for conversion to innovation hubs. Once we do that, let us open them up for investors to come. You have CC Hub in Lagos. You, it, is, it has done amazing things. The budgets that you have it today exactly. in Nigeria emanated from CC Hub. It simply just tells you that we need to open up more space to create such uh, uh, environments that can engender innovation and uh, bring about uh, invention of solutions to our problems. Two, um, I've seen a lot of young people too who have created whether on their phone, they sat in their bedrooms with their laptops, they've been able to create solutions, okay. applications, and they need to now go to market. Okay, let's pick this call quickly. Hello. Okay, we lost the call. To contribute or ask your questions, the number to call is 90 5740 Hello. Hello, good morning. Yes, what's your name and where are you calling us from? Ijoma from Kubwa, what's your contribution or question? Go ahead. Right. Okay. Okay. Dr. Amodu, okay. You might have to call you might have to call back later for that. But the question about the survival fund, we would uh, try to trash it within the time frame we have. I know it's huge. Thank you, Joma from calling. Okay, after the show we will, we will try to contact you. No problem. We will contact you after this show. Thank you. Mm. All right. Okay, survival fund. I'm, I'm, that is a huge, huge uh, question because it has so many components to it. But can you quickly just help this? So what exactly was this question on survival fund? Who is eligible for, for the loans? Well, well, by survival fund, I think by now, if you have not applied for it, it you have lost... You've lost that opportunity completely. So that was for artisans who had lost their jobs. And let me, I talked about artisans now. Let me just mention this. We're talking digital economy. Giving them 30,000 air for three months as a good stopgap intervention. But beyond that, what do we do? How do we digitally involve them? So you have artisans. If you drive around town, you see them standing at spots, mm. waiting for people to come, a daily job, uh, job Unfortunately, us. we have to pick another call. Hello. Hello, good morning. Are you there? Yes, please. You might have to speak up a bit more. I can hear you now. What's your name and where are you calling us from? 
Good morning, I can hear you clearly. I, can, can you hear us? Hello. Can you hear us now? Good morning. Okay, you might have to call back. I think the connection is bad. I could, I could hear everything he was saying, but he obviously could not hear me. 090 You're talking about the artisans you usually see on the street? Yeah, even before I forget, the guy that asked about the ICD intervention opportunities, please go to the website of the Nigerian Youth Chamber of Commerce. And um, you'll find our contacts there so we can have this. I know that it probably has a specific need. Right. Go to the Nigerian Youth Chamber of Commerce website. And um, Nigerian Youth Chamber of Commerce, if you Google that, you see the website. Go there and you'll find our contacts and you engage with us and we take your, your needs and your conversation forward. But we are very, very concerned about development of the ICT space for young people. Okay. Hello. We have a caller. Hello. Hello, good morning. Please go ahead, but what's your name and where are you calling us from? Go ahead. Go ahead, I can hear you. But before you, can you move away from your radio or television set? Oh, good. Go ahead with your question, please. Mm. Okay, if I hear you clearly, you're asking if there is a platform where young people can get mentors and investors. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. You have, thank you so much. Uh, Beautiful you questions. Beautiful questions coming up. So if a young person, you're interested in business and you want to see your business grow, the challenge is that by running alone, mm. you're going to be swamped True. by the environment. So get onto a business membership platform. If you're interested in joining the Nigerian Chamber of Commerce, we have done, been done something very exciting. We have opened up membership free of charge within a very short possible time. So go on the Nigerian Chamber of Commerce, sign up. You'll get access to information. Okay. Such Mass that she wants. Yeah, like she wants. Investment. Access to opportunities that will nurture your business, mm. help you, and then nurture it, prime it, to be attractive to investment, either from private equity investors, from angel funds investors, or through the conventional bank uh, funding uh, channels. Right. So get, get on the platform so that you are there. Within the platform, you have access to information. Within the platform, you are able to easily contact right. the system to be able to get the, the, uh, the, the support you need. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, we have run out of time. It's always fascinating to have you come visit the roundtable. And uh, we will bring you again, of course, to discuss everything SMEs because that is the sector you really, really try. So, so for the digital economy, there's no going back. Mm. The new normal we have now, there's no going back. Long after the pandemic would have even uh, subsided, yeah. this digital economy is going to outlive right, the, exactly. the contagion itself. So we're not going back. This is where we need to be.
Okay, here is where we draw the curtains on the round table. It has been wonderful discussing with Penkan Teheme John Paul, the DG Nigerian Youth Chamber of Commerce. I am Joy Radimini Asoye telling you to be safe, wear your nose mask, use hand sanitizers and uh, maintain social distancing because the coronavirus is still with us until tomorrow when we bring you another exciting edition of uh, the round table. This has been a wonderful one. Have a wonderful day.